When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. Hello, good evening, and welcome. This is Kerry Levy. This is the Chels podcast, which apparently is about a football club. And it's apparently about football. But actually, it's going to be revolting all about the disgraceful things we've been listening to. Everything that's supposedly going wrong down at the bridge. And to analyse and dissect, we have, first of all, the new honourable free man of London, Chef Alan Bird. Evening, Alan. Thank you very much, Kerry. Pleasure to be here. Oh, free man. Honoured. We'll talk about that in a minute, you know. <laughs> All sounds very interesting. And then on his left, had to think about it there, um, <laughs> we have Mr. Seb Fontaine. Hello, evening. Good to How be back. Are yes. Are you good? I'm not as free as the Freeman next to me, but I want to. I, I want to know has he just been released from somewhere that we need to know about? Seeing as he's so close, but we'll see. Uh, he can do anything he likes. We'll find out more in a okay. minute. I'm, he may have great plans for all of us. And then on my right, we have a welcome return to freelance journalist, Mr. Dan Levine. Hello, lovely to be here. Shame, shame, shame we're going to talk about a horrible lot of things. Yeah, I mean, really, such a fu- the the terrible thing is. Nobody could turn up to do the podcast last week. Phil had an extra matinee. Andy was in psychiatric units. Uh, and there was only me who could actually make it last week. So I didn't think anyone needed to hear me rant on for 40 minutes on my own. So we've got to do uh, a 200-minute episode tonight. Um, and I'm sure we'll be able to cover that magnificently. But it does mean we've got a lot of games to talk about. But whether we should actually talk about the overall, I'm not so sure. Maybe we'll just talk about Alan being a freeman. What does this mean, Alan? When did you become a freeman of London? Uh, yesterday, um, I went to the Guildhall and was proud to receive my freeman certificate uh, of the City of London, which is the best city in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
And yeah, I'm now able to herd sheep across London Bridge and to walk around the city of London with my sword unsheathed. <laughs> well, at least it'll be a short sword this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but no, it's, um, it's a great honour. Uh, I will be taking part in uh, this year's Lord Mayor's show uh, as a consequence. Parading your sword? Among other things. And, okay. some, and some painted blue sheep. And, and also painted. as a member of the uh, livery company, the Worshipful Company of Butchers. Fantastic. Excellent. So, well done. Does that mean you can now run for mayor? I can indeed, yeah. <gasps> I can stand as a candidate as the Lord Mayor of London you, at some stage. You were telling me earlier, telling us all earlier, you, you had one thing you would do if you were mayor of London? Yeah, I think I'd put a certain Frenchman um, up in the tower because um, Henry V slayed quite a few of them back in the Battle of Agincourt. So, no, you don't need to be a brain of Britain to work out which Frenchman I'd put in the tower yeah. of London. I like that, Alan. You've got a long memory. Sounds almost as obsessed with someone called Arson as someone else. You don't mean he who... Well, should we name him? Shame him? Support yeah, him? Yeah, let's get in. I mean, OK, I mean, let's start. Let's start, let's start with an overall view of it. I mean... If you really want to know, we've got to go through the West Ham games, the Stoke away games, the Liverpool games. I mean, if we, if we go back to West Ham, I mean, that was uh, really quite a, an appalling sort of afternoon of, of madness, really. I mean, Dan, as a, as a journalist, because you're a Chelsea fan, aren't you? I am, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> how do you feel when you see a game like the West Ham game unfold or unravel, depending which way you think of it, and see all these great things happening that you can report on, and at the same time, as a Chelsea fan, must be hanging your head and holding it in horror. I mean, how do you cope with it, and, and what were your viewpoints on it? I haven't got a clue, and, and, and you talk about psychiatric units before, I think sometimes <laughs> I feel like going there. Um, it, it's um, really, really odd and bizarre what's going on with this club at the moment, isn't it? It's, you know, just, just watching it disintegrate sometimes in front of your eyes. I thought we played well at West Ham. I thought we were very, very unlucky. Um, but then, you know, I also think that when you're a club at the top, sometimes you make your own luck, don't you? And we've not been doing that. We did that for seasons when we won the league before with Jose, and, and last season we certainly did it. And it's just a bit of a Horlicks at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't know how you view it, Seb. I don't know if you watched it. I watched it on some dodgy feed. For some reason, West Ham-Chelsea is hardly ever a game that's shown on TV. It's very strange. Mm. And every time, I always know when the other side score because it always freezes just as somebody's about to kick. And it's really, I go, oh, no, please don't let it be. And then it always is. Not that I watch any of these things illegally. This is somebody near me. I was looking over their shoulder. And we, we talk about psychiatry. It, I honestly believe we should just put Mourinho in a little rocking chair with a blanket over him and a little tin of biscuits. I mean, he looks like he's losing the plot. He really does. It just... I, I absolutely, I, I genuinely feel a bit worried about him. You know, I love Jose. I could not want another manager when he came back. But I'm really starting to worry for his, his sanity, his health. And I'm starting to worry whether he can turn it around. I, yeah, I, 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 think, I think the same as you. This is a very disconcerting time. I mean, you know, I don't know how you felt, Alan, but for me, watching it unravel... It, look, one thing I think we've got to say is... I don't like the siege mentality thing. M myself, I I've always found it, you know, that's what Millwall do. We're not Millwall. You know, th this whole idea that everyone's against us. Yeah, I think we've had some pretty shocking decisions. But then I can also look at other decisions we've had that were shockingly good in our favour. So, you know, I there's no point bleating about it. Some of these games, you've just got to go out and win. Whatever, whatever way you can find to do it. And when we go down to 10 men and Matic is off, the one thing for me 
that any manager surely has to do is go and unite his troops in that dressing room, not go and pick an argument or a fight with a manager. He needs to be with his team, doesn't he? Being sent to the stands, yeah, he can communicate. And friends of mine say, well, they do it in rugby. It's a different kettle of fish. And and I just think it's it, it was... If it really panned out how apparently it did, where he goes after the ref and is, in effect, trying to kick his door in or whatever, allegedly, you know, and, and wanting an argument. And when you've already got a one-match suspended ban over your head, you know, you've got to be cautious if there's such a thing in uh, Jose's uh, vocabulary. Although, shockingly, for the first time, Jose and Arsene apparently saw eye to eye. He said Arsene Wenger was right. You are, you are weak. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a headline for you. <laughs> No, I mean, well, that's, a, that's a, another issue, you know. I mean, him trying to do the mimicking of, of Wenger it was quite funny at first, but then you think, oh, I just wish it was at another time. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I mean, are, are we seeing it? Because after that all, you know, I agree with you as well. I thought we played pretty well in, in places, yeah. particularly against West Ham, even when we're down to 10 men. And you just feel that maybe with an extra bit of guidance, maybe something could have been got out of that game. I mean, also, you say West Ham. Like, we're not talking about the old West Ham. This is, a, you know, a top three team uh, constantly throughout this season. This is a team in form. You know, and we're talking about, like, well, you know, we played quite... In, in previous seasons, we might have said, oh, we should have beaten West Ham. But you know, we're 15th, and where are they at the moment? Second or third Fourth. or something? Yeah. Fourth, something like Fourth, that. You know, they're, they're up there, you know. This is... It could have been we, a better time for them to play us. Sure. And, you know, and we it's, didn't it's, play that It badly. couldn't be a better time for anyone to play us at the yeah, moment. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean... But that was the start of the first... Well, I mean, it's been an ongoing paddy for Mourinho for a while, but that was the real start of, of, of this current push on it, where he decided, I'll stuff you, I'm not going to do my press conference. Um, and he left everyone sitting there waiting. And, and it's just so defeating, because he's obviously aggrieved about the game, he's aggrieved about the instance, and he's not telling anyone why. And all it ends up is, you know, it stews inside him, it stews inside fans, you know, and it, it just doesn't achieve anything. Do you think that the press have started taking a different viewpoint on him? Because everyone's always been, you know, they love Jose because he gives you back page headlines all the time. He's quite amusing a lot of the time. He actually makes some interesting points a lot of the rest of the time. Do you think it's all become a bit self-defeating for, for, the, for, for Mourinho now that actually there almost seems to be a sea change from the press where they go, you know what, you're just messing this up and you're not really playing any sort of game because a game has to be played, doesn't it? I think people like to talk about the media as one amorphous lump and it doesn't really work like that and people have got different ideas depending on their backgrounds and where they come from. Some people are really, really annoyed with him and some people have decided to really stick the boot in. Other people have, have just you know, carried on reporting as it is. Um, but, you know, it's very hard work at the moment, reporting Mourinho. Um, he, he doesn't give you much. You know, when, when he's in character, when he's on form, he's brilliant. You know, he's talking about eggs and omelettes and, and... Little horses. Yeah, and, and, and blankets and stuff like that. It's brilliant. But, you know, when he's sitting up there going, I, I have nothing to say to you, and as he did most re- recently, I don't want to talk, I want to listen. Well, it's your press conference, mate. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it did start smacking a bit of Nigel Pearson in, in certain places. I was waiting yeah. for him to sort of, you know, <laughs> you know, produce an ostrich or something, you know, for, for the journalist. But aside from, you know, all right, you're talking to the media or aspects of the media, but it's also, it's the fans that are watching this Absolutely. thinking what is going on. So it's all very well him having, picking at yet another war with, with someone in, the, you know, in his many battles. But at the end of the day, I kind of wanted to see what went wrong or what he, what he thought about it or how we're not going to repeat that again. Or, 
And we're getting, as he said, nothing. We get nothing, you know. And it's just, I think it's a bit of a. I know other people would disagree, and uh, I, I, I need to make one thing very clear. I'm a huge fan, and if this was just based on results, I would be waving the Jose flag. It's the war with everyone, the taking on everyone, the siege mentality, the politics, the nonsense. I am bored of it. Okay, I think uh, you're, you're, you're making yourself clear there. And that was just on the, the first game of the three we've got to talk about. God knows how you feel by the time we get to the end of the Liverpool discussion. But, uh, I mean, I, it is an extraordinary time at the moment with Jose. I mean, do you think he's actually fallen into some sort of trap whereby he believes that this is the, the season where he will go? Or do we think he's actually lost the players? I mean, is there such a thing? Can managers actually lose players? I mean, that's... That's my, my first thought. It's no doubt that you know any manager is capable of losing a dressing room, but I think you've got to look at the circumstances that Jose finds himself in. He, what he's done is created effectively his own soap opera. He's the Phil Mitchell of Chelsea Football Club. He wants to pick a fight with everyone. And the way that the press view that as Dan said earlier he's multifaceted you know you've got some that are going to be sympathetic towards that some that are just going to chomp at the bit to you know find a story maybe that's not even there but it sells newspapers and I think that Jose's gone past the point of being the uh, wounded person look at me look feel sorry for me and frankly I think everyone's getting a little bit fed up with it um you know there's not today you pick up a newspaper and he's on the front and the back you know, that's ridiculous. It's a game of football. Um, it's not about life or death. I know there's a famous quote that goes against that, but this is Chelsea Football Club. We wanted Jose back as much as any manager ever before. Um, he came back. He was almost like our Messiah coming back. But sadly, he's just gone down a route now where... He's the siege not the men- Messiah. He's a very <laughs> naughty boy. <laughs> the siege mentality thing is a tired... Um, you know, analogy to use now. It's gone past that, and it is literally a soap opera every day. It's something else that's popping up, and we want to see football. That's what it's about. It's about those players, and if you can't keep those players together, then eventually the man up in the director's box or above the director's box, as the Romans used to do, will <laughs> thumbs down. down. Well, you know, I mean, that, that almost seems like a sort of a, an epitaph you've just uh, written for him. I, I, I hope not, because I, lo- I love Jose. You know, having met him a couple of times, he's the nicest guy you'd want to meet on a personal level, um, engages with you. But in this situation, he's just showing the wrong side of him. But at the same time, he has been baited. He has been baited, you know, being handed by people with mobile phones. It, I don't know how I could live like that. Some have followed me about every single paper, every single media outlet has got a story about you. you. To be able to block that out is a superhuman effort and not to get some of that from some of your staff somewhere, that, that's a tough thing to do. Well, I think footballers and... But he's paid a lot of money to take that. Yeah, he is. Uh, and kind of the, when we were growing up, it was musicians who were sort of, you know the people that everybody went to see, you'd actually have more chance of seeing a footballer in the street than a, than a rock star. Now you'll see a rock star in, in a supermarket, but you probably won't see, you know, football people. So, I mean, there's been this whole sea change with the, the amount of money they use, their public access. Um, and I, I think, I, I, I kind of feel for Jose in certain ways because 
He's, uh, people have pushed him for stories every which way but loose, you know. Um, it's but, not just Jose, though. It's no, football it's in general, isn't it? Everyone's looking for a, you know, yeah. a, a, an exclusive. But Jose has made himself the biggest character in the game. Absolutely. Which means Absolutely. he's the biggest news. Everyone wanted him back. You know, the press wanted him back here. Completely. They welcomed him back with open arms. But it's a very British trait to build someone up and then try and knock him down. Although, quite similar to carbon copy to his meltdown at Real Madrid. Well, it's interesting. Did you see uh, Jorge Faldano today? He came out with a statement, which was quite interesting because, you know, there have been rumours that Madrid were lining him up to take over from, you know, that man. Um, And uh, uh, (laughs) it was was a kind of a a strange thing for him to do because it obviously was saying, look, we're not going for him. He said, unfortunately, he does this with players and, you know, he does take it too far and there are issues that happen and um, as far as they're concerned he's got previous yeah exactly so do we think that Jose Mourinho the man and the manager is far more different than say he was in the first two years he had at Chelsea well he said to start with that he was he said he was more mature that he was more grown up (laughs) that he'd had a a bit of reflection (laughs) time on life (laughs) Um, dangle that carrot (laughs) it it was fairly evident from the off that there's not really any difference there not at all. He's got a few more grey hairs. He's maybe he started off with a maybe a, a brighter outlook on life and a little bit less of a bull in the china shop attitude. But it certainly will come. He's, he's reverted to type, hasn't he? Certainly. I, I tell you, I, I, I've got a theory about it, and it's another one of my slightly out there theories. <laughs> Have you noticed that ring he wears? No. It's a, it's a really weird silver ring that he it's wears. A mood ring. Not gonna, <laughs> it's, it's always it's, black. It's no, not, it's, it's not from Lord of the Rings. I don't know, but oh. it could be. And he's, I'm sure he had it from about after the Swansea game last season. My and I think that's when it all comes from. It's that ring. He needs to get rid of the ring. Get rid of the ring. Because didn't he have a tattoo or something on his finger as well underneath that ring as well? See, there's all sorts of stuff. You know, I've got Spectre. my head screwed on. Spectre. Yeah, exactly. I tell you, there's all sorts of things going on. You know, because there are some ridiculous theories out there as to why it's gone wrong. Although, you know, mine is that we play on Saturdays now. We never used to when we were successful. Pretty much all our games on a Saturday. You can't laugh at this stuff. <laughs> uh, the person in front of me, Nick, as I've mentioned before, says it's because we've got red on the shirts. That was mentioned. Yeah. The new sponsor, yeah. Unlucky, yeah. as opposed to Samsung. You know, but anyway, we, we digress. So, okay, that was West Ham. <laughs> the, then we come to the glory that was Stoke away in the cup. Now, were, were you surprised when he decided to put out basically a, a full-strength side? He needed to win a game, and that's what that said, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and, and he didn't need to win that game. He just needed to win a game. Absolutely. I mean, arguably, it maybe helps his cause a little bit more that there, there isn't this difficult competition where you've got... Um, the next round ahead of London derbies against Palace, Spurs, Arsenal. You, you know, it takes up January. You've got a final that's going to move two games. You probably don't want that at the moment, but he needed to win a game. And that's why he did it. And, of course, he didn't. But, but so close. But We were. The, we played very well, I thought. Yeah, yeah. And well, We seemed to play all right in midweek. But once again, luck wasn't with us, but Tell you it. make your own luck. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, and I think... There were signs that it was all coming back together again. Ramirez was rampaging. You know, it, it's interesting. This is a, this is a, a thing from, um, from Andy, um, who, of course, isn't allowed near any microphone at the moment. Um, he's got a, a couple of <laughs> viewpoints, which I'll, I'll mention to you in a bit. But he was talking about, at the moment, people are talking about as William and Ramirez being our players of the season so far. He said, if that was true... It just shows what a bad season it is. Because not being rude about those players, 
we need one of our creative flair players really to be to be the the player of the season and you know people say oh we're only 10 games in that that's a third of the season that's gone and it really looks odd and against some of these sides in midweek we look as though we're getting it together and stoke we kind of looked as though we did and then i read this interview or article about you know Hazard missing that penalty summed up everything that was going wrong at the moment. There's a guy that works in the hotel next door. Last, time, last season we went there, there's a guy that worked in the hotel next door to the Britannia Stadium who looks the exact spit of Eden Hazard. There's a picture of him here. He, he could be his brother. Um, and I went in there, and the first thing I did before the match said, is Eden here? And they said he's been transferred to Manchester, mate. Um, <laughs> when he stepped up to take that last penalty, we all knew he was going to miss, didn't we? Yeah, I did. It's always the big players that miss in the penalty shootouts. You know, Platini, you know, Messi. As a British season, we expect it. It's part of our psyche. (laughs) I I have a a funny thing with Hazard. He was literally my player of the year last year, obviously. I I always felt towards the end of last season, he, he thought he was better than Chelsea. I, I get that feeling, and I get that, and it, I wish that idiot Wilmots would shut his gob sometimes as well. You know, Eden needs to leave Chelsea. I think he should be fined straight away. You know, I think that's really out of order. He shouldn't be tampering with people's teams. But I, I, I get the feeling with Hazard that he's heart somewhere else, and I think he sees himself as the new Messi. Well, yeah, except the, no. <laughs> I was talking about the, there was a very interesting interview with him in a Belgian magazine called Sport Foot, I think, at the beginning of the season. And he goes on that he can never be a a Messi or Ronaldo because he doesn't score enough. And kind of, he was intimating that he was happy at the level he was at, that he's not as ambitious as other people would like him to be. Do you you not think that that was a little bit of a sort of a a, a veiled knock at Mourinho that he was saying, well, you know, I've I've got to spend half the game tracking back. This is why I, I ain't getting those goals. That could be it, because... Possibly, yeah. That's a very interesting point. Very, very important goals for us last season. He was the difference between... Us, you know, drawing and winning quite a few of those games last season. Particularly the second half of the season. Yeah, oh, mm. yeah. yeah, in games where we were absolutely, you know... Dire. Yeah, exactly. Down on our haunches, he would come up with that magic. And maybe he loved that, you know. Maybe he, he loved being the saviour and actually Mourinho caning him, which he's done. And let's face it, you know, Mourinho has systematically had a go at most players in this team this season. You know, from yeah. JT, Matic... Hazard, you know, he, he's picked them all out and dropped them. Not rested them, he's put them on the bench. You know, he's quite emphatic about that. And that doesn't seem to have worked. No. If you've taken on that many players, Fabregas as well, if you've taken on that many players, how many are actually going to respond to you putting an arm around them now? I can't see it. I think that Jose's method of managing all of his players is very much a, a case of, you know, you're good, but you're not that good. And you saw that in the first season that Hazard was with us and he won Player of the Year. At the Player of the Year Awards, he basically said, well done, but you've still got to work harder. And Hazard, you could see he almost sort of hung his head a little bit and sort of accepted that sort of criticism. But as we know, Jose loves all of his players to track back. That's why we got rid of Mata, because he didn't do it. Um, So whether he's made a decision that he doesn't want to do that anymore, because... He just doesn't seem to be doing what he did last season. Um, and whether his head has been turned, whether it's by Real Madrid or whoever, he still, as a professional, should be giving his best for the team, regardless of what's going on in his head. 
And that's that's what really grinds, I think, with most Chelsea fans is whoever this person that said, you know, they'd rather lose, you're a professional footballer. All of us as fans pay good money to watch those guys play for the team. They should give their all for the team. If not, on your bike. Haven't they worked out who they thought that player was now, though? I'm not really interested. Yeah. I'm fed up with hearing about who might have said this. Just get on with the job. D- don't you think this is what happens when things aren't going right? Stories appear, probably created stories Absolutely. on the whole. Yeah, who knows? Who but, knows? You know, maybe, maybe Dan knows. I don't know. I, but I don't know. I'm frankly fed up with hearing about it. I just want those guys to show their metal. I mean, I, I don't. I, sorry, I don't know who it is, but I do know that when I got the back of an envelope out and I wrote down the names I thought it might be, I got to five without a problem. And that's, that is <laughs> that's a big a worrying that thing, a big isn't worrying it? Thing. That's, that's a it. worrying thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... And you could probably write all 11 names down and go, well, it could be any of those guys. There's also... Or more. The, I think that... The, probably not William. The, the least obvious war that he seems to be fighting as well, I think... I read a few things during the week. Is, is possibly his, his war with Chelsea, the club. Everyone was saying his, his, his relationship deteriorated after the Czech sale to, sale to Arsenal. Obviously, he didn't get any of the players he wanted in the transfer season. He's quite clearly not playing the players they have bought him, the Bubba Ramans and stuff, and not getting because they're not his players. And I think well, they're not a... good enough yet either. You know, Raman, he said he's not ready, and all the fans going, "Oh, you're not picking Raman, well, you're not picking Raman." Put him in, and he's obviously well, not ready yet. Brian he will Bertrand. be a great. Shouldn't have sold Bertrand. I mean, he was look how well he's playing at Southampton. I mean, it's ridiculous. I like and apparently now they're saying, you know, that there's a ton of other players who we let go very easily that apparently Mourinho didn't want to go. There's all kinds of weird things going on at the moment, and I I think he's not even that happy there as well. And I I I think time and time again as a club. You know, this whole wrangling, we buy the players and you just manage the team. I don't think it works anyway. So, and, and, you know, and there was, when he came back, there was meant to be a much, a much more unified thing in, you know, in, in the transfer window. And, in, and obviously they got it very right the season before, but it went disastrously wrong this season. Well, it went very right the season before because uh, Fabregas and Costa came in and played like absolute demons. Now, you know, I, I have to say, I mean... We, we, was, okay, that, so, was that Jose who chose those players, or was it... Well, he, he yes. made all the yeah. sales. Yeah. Yes, yes, And he did maybe say, that's these the difference. were the players I wanted, I told them. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's the yeah, difference. Yeah, but, I mean, who's to say that, you know, he didn't want Rahman, he didn't want Papa Gilabodji and No, they're, they're definitely him and Arlo <laughs> players. <laughs> no, well, you know, know what I mean? I'm, I'm being we, slightly we know cheek but... We courted John Stones for a long time, and Baba Rahman was... Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's like, you know, everyone going on about, oh, he was really desperate to get Pogba. Well... Pogba's at the top Italian side at this moment in time. It's not the best moment to go in and try and poach the best players in the world for 70 or 80 million. Yeah. And is that really what we're about? I mean, that's the kind of thing, again, Andy would disagree with me. I like buying players who turn into something. You see, for me, I think that, that there is a chance that somebody like Kennedy could turn into a player. I like Kennedy. I like Kennedy. I, like I felt Kennedy really well. sorry for him. If we get on to the Liverpool game, you know, I mean... I feel sorry for, for Kennedy because he came on, he started attacking, then Jose pulled him back, put him in a back four, but yeah. then he was pushed up, then he was pulled back, and it, and it started to become a complete mess. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's what I like. You know, Andy goes, you just buy your players who are going to come in and do the job. Well, you know, I mean, there's certain players we probably shouldn't have let go. Well, Jose said, didn't he, right from the beginning, he wanted two or three players in every position to cover that. And... You do need to that strength and the strength of a squad 
to get through the season. But more than often, we get a player in and then they're loaned out somewhere else. We hardly ever see them. We might see them on loan somewhere else. And that's very frustrating that we don't actually get them often back to play for, for Chelsea. We or, see them maybe once or twice and then they're gone. Or even worse, we buy someone for £20 million who can do the job half as well as half the people we have out on loan. Mm. Yeah. Which I think is really frustrating. You know, I think, you know, that, that's been proved. You know, how, even Matic, you know, look, we had this wonderful player, went off, and we brought him back for like 14 times the price. And then we've got a fantastic youth team, and those players that have won everything that they could possibly win struggled to get in the first team. But it's, they it's, were going to get a chance. Yeah, well, that always One goes or two out the window. You know? It's tough, though, when you're champions to bread loads of youngers, the youngsters. Yeah, you know? but it is tough to yeah, give a one load or of kids. Two. I, yeah, but I agree. Need to be getting a few more minutes on the pitch. And I thought that's what we And when you're up against it, you know, those guys, they're Chelsea through and through. Get them in there. Give them a chance. Well, I mean, Liverpool kind of summed up our season, didn't it? That we had this seven minutes of what was just sheer class from us. Score a goal and then Pack just up. looked clueless. <laughs> Pack, packed our bags and went home. Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool looked awful for the next 10, 15 minutes. Suddenly cleared their heads, went, oh my God, they're not going to do anything to us we can actually discover how to play football Stop again. Stop defending. We played Liverpool back into being a football side we that did, yeah. day. And they just came, they saw and they conquered us. And, and then they brought on Benteke, who was apparently one of the players that Mourinho argued about, and they said, no, he's not worth the money, you're not having him. Well, you know, I, 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 can't, I just don't understand or, or can believe that these sort of stories are true because he picked out who he wanted the season before, they got him in, Bang, we made a difference. Why did it go so wrong this, this year with transfers, Dan? Well, this happened last time around, didn't it? It happened in 2007. We ended up in the summer with... Ben uh, Haim and Steve Sidwell. Yeah, and uh, um, who's the other one? Pizarro was the other one. Yeah, Pizarro. Yeah. Yeah. Pizarro, oh, Pizarro. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, when Avram was signing the players. And for some reason, that decision's been taken again. And Well, maybe the thought is he spent enough money. Um, he has spent an awful lot of money. And, you know, they're saying to him, well, no, you can't have another 70, 80 million quid for Pogba. So here's two million for Papi Gilabodji. <laughs> who has yet... Well, uh, mind you, I thought he looked pretty good in that 16 that seconds <laughs> against Walsall or whatever it Where was. Where he didn't touch the ball. Yeah. I was going, oh, please let him touch it. Do you remember that when you were a kid and somebody had come on for their first appearance and go, go on, touch the ball, go on, touch the ball, then you've played. They're and still got... talking about him in Walsall, you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> remember that night, Papa took us apart. He'd <laughs> 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 uh, probably be the answer to our dreams. Or maybe not. Anyway, so do you find it, you know, people are saying, you know, whose fault is it? Is it Mourinho's? Is it the boards? Is it Marina Granovskaya or, or whatever that... Because she seals the deals, doesn't she? But Emanalo's supposedly allowed to sign some of the smaller deals. Oh, she just does the admin, basically. If you like, I mean, that's that's a very very patronising sure. way of saying it. But you know, she she's the one who romances the other clubs and gets the names on on on, on contracts. You know, she doesn't pick players. No, but she goes out and does the work of yeah. getting them in. That, that's so the she's hardest quite bit, of course. Yeah, isn't it? of course. So hers is quite an important role, and she's been doing that for a while now. Yeah. So she did sign, you know, somebody was saying, oh, it's all her fault. I said, no, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's very hard to get some of these players, especially when clubs stick their, you know, heels into the ground and go, actually, I don't care what you offer us, we're not selling. There was definitely a tactical error with John Stones where we went to Everton first off and said, here's 20 million quid for your most prized asset. And they just said, you're having a laugh, lads. I agree. And they said, no, no, not at any price. If we'd have gone there with a sensible bid first off, he might be playing for us. No, absolutely. I think it it was a bit of an insult to go in so low. 
knowing full well that they valued him at 30 million plus. But do you know what? It's not that low an offer, actually. Well, I've seen he's a decent enough player and maybe he will go on and be absolutely wonderful, but it actually isn't a bad offer. You know, English players are so expensive compared to everyone else that you have to pay a premium as soon as you go, ah, okay. Absolutely. And you look, everything's been a mess on that front. Our European squad... We don't have the full number, do we, in the squad? No. Because we haven't got enough players to make, make the numbers up of homegrown. Which is one of the big reasons why we wanted Stones, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, so, but I just can't understand how a championship side, winning champion... Oh, no, championship. I hope that's not a problem. Freudian slip. Maybe we'll have... You know, Dan was talking about the West London League next season. You know, <laughs> Brentford, Fulham, QPR and Chelsea. Don't need any other teams down there. But... yeah. You know, I mean, how can we get these things so wrong? We must know what we've got to do to, to, to meet all the criteria. And we've supposedly been a criteria-meeting club for the last few years. The, the problem is that the way the club's run is we've got one figurehead at the top who decides one, almost from week to the, one week to another or one day to another how the, he wants the club run. And, you know, we can have all these grand strategies and things, but if, if Roman decides one day that he wants to buy Dash or a Klimt instead of Roman a Pogba, then it's going to be a difficult one to, to manage, isn't it? It is a tricky one, isn't it? When you've got someone who calls all the shots, but at the same time you need a manager who's able to pick and choose the players that he feels you know, is going to fit in and ultimately give the football that Roman wants. Roman's always had this thing where he's like hand-picked players like Shevchenko and said, oh, I want him to be at the club. Great, but if he doesn't fit in with Jose's plans, then he's almost got to you know, squeeze that person into a, you know, a round peg into a square hole. And it's, that can't be the easiest thing to do. So what? he's got to be a diplomat as much as anything else. Um, and we've seen his diplomacy lately. Yeah, I, yeah I was about to say, it's I mean, wrong man. <laughs> <laughs> wrong man for diplomacy. Don't send him to sort out Syria, whatever you're doing. <laughs> no, exactly. You, know, well, I mean, you might bring it to a conclusion. But, you know, also, that, that square peg round hole thing is a really interesting thing because how many times have we seen him convert players into something else? I mean, Mikel was never a defensive midfielder. He came as an attacking player. And if ever, ever you see him go forward, he's got amazingly quick feet. But scores goals for Nigeria. Yeah, exactly. And it looks a very... You go, hold on, is that his brother or something? It's a completely different player. So in a kind of a way, he does change. You look, as Piliqueta, who I think is probably one of the best right-backs around. Absolutely. When did you last see him at right-back? Once this season, he looked great. Yeah. He's at left-back. You've got Zuma, a central defender, now yeah. at left-back. Who's not a left-back. Looking a bit lost. Yeah. Um, right-back. Right back, rather. Sorry, I mean, right why, back, yeah. why is this going on? Why do we always have to continually be bodging the job up? Where is Papa Gillibodji <laughs> <laughs> to help bodge up that defence? Why is he not getting a well, look in? Is other, it that bad? Other clubs might reach down into their youth team or their academy and bring up somebody to do that job, but we don't do that, do we? Absolutely, as we said earlier. And that's frustrating, I think, for the vast majority, knowing that we've got players that have done well in the youth team, but we're too frightened or maybe we don't feel they've got enough experience to put them into. But, you know, look at um, Deli Alley at uh, Spurs, 17 years old, playing great football for them, scoring goals. Well, he scored two goals, but he's only a youngster. Who's to say that our youngsters who have got a lot more experience and are proven can't do that? Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I, I, we don't take chances. And actually, there's always... If I was going to look at something and go, I was actually a little bit irritated by this substitution that Mourinho did, it would probably be Loftus-Cheek the other week when he took him off at half-time. 
Again, Andy, I think, probably disagrees with me, so he wasn't really doing it. For me, there was a couple of things he did in their box which were absolutely stunning. And he looked really a very interesting player. But how does that make a kid feel when you take him off at half-time? You know, I, I, I don't see it. I, I think he doesn't like playing the kids. He never has done. No. Okay, I get that. He's our manager. We go, yeah, in Jose we trust. But has he actually broken that trust, do you think, Seb? I don't think he's broken trust. I don't think he means so. I, I mean, look, my ideal thing, I don't want Jose to go anywhere. I want him to stay. I want him to turn it around. But I do want him to stop being at war with the world. I really do. It's boring. You know, and after decisions, if you had a look back on replay, half them aren't correct anyway, what he's ranting about. Just, just concentrate on you know, getting this team working well. No one wants him to go. I do. I, I am starting to worry that I don't think he might be able to turn it around, though. I really am. And everything seems to be going against him. I mean, you know, we've got the Carnero decision today, yesterday, that she's taking Chelsea personally and personally, personally yeah. Jose. Yeah. You know, I mean, were you surprised at that, Dan? Um, I don't know. It's her call, really, isn't it? That's the thing. Um, she obviously feels aggrieved, and there will <laughs> ending up at Chelton. Yeah. Well, and, and there, there will there will be a tribunal unless somebody settles it out of court. But you know, it makes things very, very interesting for Jose, doesn't it? I, I spoke to a lawyer, a friend of mine, last night, and I said, "What do you think will happen with this?" He said, "Nothing will happen other than a settlement out of court. Yeah, okay. yeah. They can't afford to let this one come to well, court." In, in, in the general realm of things, you know, if, if you work in, in the news agents down the road, 80% of the time it gets settled out of court anyway. Yes. If, if, you, if you're a big, famous sports star or, in a, or a football club, of course it's going to get settled, you'd have thought. Yeah. yeah, but does that money come out of Jose's pocket or out of the club's pocket? Well, it depends which case she wins, doesn't it? Because there's two well, cases. Well, if it's the personal well, it's one, then it's out of Jose's pocket, isn't it? Yeah. And he's already got fined, what, 40 or 50? 40,000. 40, no, I mean, 000. that's the other thing. But I mean, then with tax, that's near on 100 grand. I don't think we need a whip round for him quite yet. No, but <laughs> there's still 100 grand that he's got to pay, and that's a lot of money for... He's on 8.5 million a year. Yeah, still a lot it's of money, a, though. It's all right. Yeah. He'll still be able to come down your place. I'm sure it's it, no change. You'll find that down the back of the sofa something. I did <laughs> notice today one of the papers had picked up on the fact... There's no clause to say that if he gets sacked this time, he can't work again in England. He could walk straight into yeah, another job. I think that which was, was a, made quite clear which, when which, he came back. For any Chelsea fan, would just be our absolute horror yeah. to see our most loved coach of the modern era, or probably any era, literally being at any other English club. I mean, I, that would tear me apart. Yeah, it, it would. It really I mean, would. Well, you know, I mean, but we, you know, we can't restrict people anymore, you know. No, it just not. has to be. If you're going to let people go, they have to go to do their job. You, sure. know, you know what I think about Frank Lampard ending up at City? So what? We could have kept him another year. He wouldn't have played there. You know, that happens. It's football. You're a professional. You need to earn money because you don't earn much as a footballer. Um, and, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's, it's all conspired. So you have the Canero situation this week and then he gets his stadium ban. Well, you know, it could be very interesting because... You know, who's to say that, you know, they, they are going to check all the kit bags, aren't they? And he's, <laughs> he's never going to get into that stadium, you know. So, so what, with all the hats and the walkie-talkies, like the last the earpiece, one? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone but, wear, all of a sudden wearing these woolly hats they've never yeah. worn before. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah, and the weather's uh, quite sort of unseasonal at the moment. It's quite warm. Clement. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because it does mean that, you know, you've got a theory, haven't you? You, you think that he might... Be on his way, don't you? Well, I, I understand the decision's already been made, that, that basically he's finished um, and that Chelsea are just picking their moment. Um, uh, and the sensible time 
to, to minimise damage to the club is after the Stoke game, um, before with a two-week run-up for the next manager of the international break, and, uh, and, and that, that is when it will be done. Now, of course, there's two games between then and now, and uh, you know, if Chelsea romp through both of them, which I've got to say at the moment doesn't look very likely, then, then somebody would look very, very silly sacking a manager who's just won two games 8-0. But, to all intents and purposes, the decision appears to have been made. It's kind of a... a I hope you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. do, but, you know, I, who knows? He's behaved in a very bizarre way. Maybe he's seen writing on the wall. Maybe he's, he's you know... It just strikes me that if he knew of that, he's the kind of person who'd walk out now. Oh, not... Nine and a half million pounds yeah. says no. Well, yeah, I suppose, suppose so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> would you walk out? Would you wait the two weeks for your nine and a half million? <laughs> it's a matter of principle, Seth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if he walks, he gets what? Nine and a half. Nine it's and a half million. I mean, they were, they were saying if that... if he's was... sacked, he still gets nine and a half million. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so... Oh, is it the same? No, if he, he walks, he gets nothing. Oh, right, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if, he get, if he walks, So nothing. he's going to wait till he's pushed. Yeah. yeah, so... Well, you know, I mean, if, it does... Well, if that were the case, then tomorrow night against Kiev is his last game at Chelsea. Yes. I mean, what could he do? And his last game on the touchline, because he won't yeah. be there in Stoke. He won't even be in the stadium. No. It would be the oddest goodbye ever. He wasn't <laughs> even there. We've just sacked nobody. Well, you know, I mean, I, maybe, look, let's, let's get some good results. Let's get a good <laughs> win at Stoke and a good win at Kiev, and hopefully it won't happen. I mean, really, I don't want him anywhere else. I, you know, I want him, but I do want... I do want a different Jose, though. That's what I would say. If we sack him, he's going to end up at United. Simple as that. Yeah. No, I, that, that's as bad as Czech you've being just said the, You've said the words. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, no, I agree. So what do you think, Dan? Do you, do you reckon this is curtains this week? You, you're pretty sure, well, aren't you? As I've just said, you know, yeah. you know, accepting two massive, massive results, it would appear so, yeah. And how do you feel as a Chelsea fan about as that? Well, gutted, obviously, because the guy's brilliant. You know, I, first of all, as a fan, I've, I've watched him win three league titles and, and all sorts of other cups. Um, as a journalist, I've been lucky enough to work with him and he's an absolute blast to work with when he's, when he's on form. He's a brilliant guy. Um, and you know, I'd love the whole persona when, you know, when he's good, but he's just horrid to deal with when he's not. Um, and I think he knows because the way he's behaving at the moment, the, the stuff after Liverpool, uh, the, the, the I don't want to talk to you, to, the, to I have nothing to say to the, te- to the television, the I want to listen, I don't want to talk in the press conference, taking his his management team out on the pitch and then giving them a debrief afterwards. This afternoon in his press conference, he looked like the most sour and sort of subdued guy that didn't look like Jose. I mean, I think he knows. Yeah. And do you think if he stayed, he could turn it round? It's difficult to know because he's never had to do this before. Chelsea are 15th in the league. This could be a relegation battle. Um, this could get worse, you know. And has he ever been this low in any league? No. I would have thought so. No, so it's new territory it's for him. New. It's all new. Well, okay, on that cheery little note, let's have a couple of predictions then. <laughs> well, we'll have three predictions. Um, first off, <laughs> Kiev, home. Scores, please, Alan. I'd like to be positive. I'd like to think that we could win it 2-0. Seb? I was going to say 2-0, so I'm going to go 3-1 now. I think we're going to get some goals in us. I, th- I-, I can feel this. 2-1 uh, win. Okay, I'm going 5 0. Hey! Football is a really good which, which way? Well, I'm not going to say. Uh, no, I think, I think we'll win. I think we, 
something will happen. It's just me being a Chelsea fan now. Yeah. I'm probably thinking with my heart that this is the day they go, you know what? We're going to do this for our manager and we're going to sort it out and we're all going to run around and go, hurrah, let's show everyone our swords. Oh, no, that's Alan. Um, and, okay, we'll stoke away. Um, what do we think there? We'll go with Seb first this time. Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think that's going to be a draw and I think that's going to be a one-all draw. Dan? I was going to say 1-1, one, one, um, so I'll go 2-2. Two, two. I'm going 3-0 win again. I tell you, it's, it, this is the week I save it. It's, it's the week. Alan? Can I do a spread bet and guess how many people are going to end up on the pitch, left on the pitch, rather? <laughs> as long as you keep it sheathed, yes. <laughs> um, I think we'd be lucky if we get a draw. I think we'll be lucky if we end up with 10 men on the pitch. Oh, Although, if, if there is a player revolt, is that not the game to absolutely play out of your skins and show what life's like without the manager you're supposedly with at no, war at. With no manager yeah, on the Yeah, like, literally, this is how good we are. Yeah, show well, us. We've just, we've just, we've absolutely. done Kerry's 3-0 and he's, he's not even here. So what does that tell you? I mean, look, I, I'm not sure I believe in all the player revolt um, rumours. I, I, I'm not sure I do at all. And I, I think, you know, I think players refuse, you know, would, that would rather lose, I'm not sure it exists, and I really hope it doesn't. But if there is a game and there is, you know, people down on him, that's the game to prove themselves. You know how we'll know is if we see the formation when they go out against Stoke and it's 1 6 3, <laughs> then you know there's a player's revolt. <laughs> and he won't like that. He won't like that. You can't play that in a modern era, I tell you. It doesn't work. <laughs> okay, so that, if you've given your. So you hedged your bets. Uh, I think if, gonna, as Seb on. suggests, I think we, we're going to smash them 5-0 because the players are being... Hold on, you're getting in the <laughs> realms of manners. Okay, and the last prediction, will he still be here after the Stoke game? Alan? I'd like to think so, I really would. I yes or don't no? want Jose to Yes go. or no? Yes. Seb? Think positive. Wow. I'm going to go yes because I'm a positive person. But inside, I'm saying no. <laughs> Dan? I hope yes, but I think no. I'm going to go no, just because if you do the opposite, sometimes the other thing happens. <laughs> see what I did there? So kind of yes, but in a no kind of way. So hopefully, we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much, as usual. Um, and, oh, yes. Oh, gosh. I've just been reminded of the most incredible thing that we've got for you. In, inside all this misery, we have actually got... For you, the chance to win two tickets for the Spurs versus Chelsea match on 29th of November. Sign up with Labrooks at tickets.chelseapodcast.net. That's tickets.chelseapodcast.net. Enter promo code LAD50 and all depositing customers will be entered into a draw. We will announce the lucky winner on next week's show. For your chance to win, just email us your Labrooks username to chelsea at playbackmedia.co.uk. So look, there you go. That's everything you need to know. You can be down White Hart Lane with Jose and the boys on November the 29th uh, and seeing us stuff them. Be a nice one. It's a great place to go and win. So that's it, really. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you, Seb. Thank you, Dan. We'll see you you next week. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.